Hey there, my name is Bethany Bravery, and I'm the host of the Bringing Her Hope podcast. But even more than that, I want you to know that you are welcome into this conversation, that there is a seat for you at this table. And I honestly, I can't wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God is calling you to, and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. We will laugh together for sure and most definitely cry, but you know what? I get so excited about the thought that together we can grow deeper in love with Jesus, that we can jump with both feet into the adventure He has for us. So get ready. It's going to be a crazy, amazing ride. My guest this week on the Bringing Her Hope podcast is Hope 1079's newest addition to our Hope 1079 family, Summer Shore. You can catch Summer on our evening shows Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can stream at hope1079.com to listen. After enduring two miscarriages and walking with a family friend through the tragic loss of their two-year-old child, something in summer broke and she couldn't pray anymore. Her faith had been stretched so far that she feared her faith and heart might never recover. But God was tender and patient with her in her grief and worked tirelessly to heal her fragile heart and redeem her pain for purpose. Thank you so much for being on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am originally from the East Coast, um, and I moved to Oregon when I was nine. So I've spent most of my life right here in the Mid-Willamette Valley. Um, and that's actually where I met my husband and my senior year of college. And we'd kind of run in the same circles for a little while and and uh, met through a, a mutual friend and really hit it off. And uh, so we got married in 2003, and we've got three boys that are 16, 12, and then we had a bonus baby last year. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it was 2020. Anything goes, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, we have Sam, Daniel, and Jonathan. Daniel's the baby. Um, and we just, yeah, we've enjoyed the blessing of this bonus baby and just all the joy that he's brought. Um, I uh, run a nonprofit women's ministry with my friend, Melissa. It's called Revive Ministries, and we've been going since 2016. Um, and that's really a ministry dedicated to linking arms with women everywhere, wherever they are in their faith journey, and really helping them understand and experience the love of Christ and build their identity on Him. Um, because we've we've experienced in our own lives and just what we've observed is that when a woman really knows and experiences the love of Christ and sees herself the way God sees her, it changes everything, mm-hmm. ripples out into every relationship, into work, into decisions that are made. Um, so we get really excited about that. Uh, so when I'm not on the radio at Hope 1079 doing Count Your Blessings um, and when I'm not with the family, I am pouring my heart and soul into Revive Ministries um, and really just loving getting to be a part of the work that God is doing. Oh, I love that. And that you're just so true. If, if we do not know who we are in Christ, if we do not see ourselves as um, just this captivating, beautiful daughter of his um, man, it changes everything. But also when we do see ourselves like that, we get to walk in this confidence that is just mm-hmm. unreal and the confidence that he has created us to be and what he has in store for us. So I love that. I love yeah. that you are pouring into women in that way. That's awesome. <laughs> 
And so today we're going to be talking about reconciling with God after loss. There probably are seasons with all of us that we have wrestled with God and, and we don't understand why things happen the way that they do. So Summer, would you take us on your journey of what that has looked like for you? Sure. Yeah. So, um, You probably have gathered I'm kind of a smiley person. (laughs) And so it's easy to sort of see the screensaver and not understand or know or see some of the hard seasons. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity to share because a lot of times, you know, people get the smile and the laugh and, and, but there's so much more that God has done through some really difficult seasons. Um, and one of those, uh, early in 2003, my, well, my husband and I were married in August and let's see, I guess November of that same year, we found out we were expecting, which was totally not the plan. We had like a five-year plan and all this stuff. And, um, little, little scared at first, you know, we were newlyweds. I had just made one lifelong commitment to one person. So having yeah. a child is like a whole nother lifelong commitment. And I was like, Whoa, but we always wanted a family. We were super excited once the shock kind of wore off a little bit. Um, and really started dreaming about what this child would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and about 10 weeks in, um, I started having some symptoms that were unusual, started having some bleeding and, and just some cramping and it just progressively kept getting worse. And it got to the point where, um, my husband basically scooped me up and put me in the car to take me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at that point, um, you know, I had been in constant prayer the moment the first symptom showed up. Um, but I remember just driving to the hospital. We were living in Corvallis and driving to Albany. Um, And I remember just kind of hugging myself and just trying to stay calm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember praying on the way to the hospital, Lord, whatever happens, I trust you. I know that we're going to be okay, but please, please, God, save this baby. Um, And it was just this desperate cry of my mama heart. And, you know, I'd only been aware of this child for a few weeks, but already was in love and had dreamed of a whole future for this baby. And we drove to the hospital um, and they started to kind of check things out and try and and do an assessment and stuff. Um, And at that point, they just said, it's done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they looked at the ultrasound and I just remember looking over and seeing emptiness, you know, where there should have been this little tiny life. There was nothing. My womb was empty and just the shock of one being the grownups in this situation. I mean, we were newlyweds. Usually, you know, something bad happens and you call your mom. Yeah. Well, my parents were overseas. Um, his parents lived out of state. So it was just us. It was the first real test of, okay, this is the first thing that's difficult that we're going through together as a married couple. Um, but it was the hardest thing that we could have imagined having to go through at that point. Um, And so I remember we walked out of the hospital, just, you know, I was crying. I was a mess and just kind of in shock and went home and I, I laid down on my bed and I curled up with this little bear that I had bought our baby. Um, It was the first and only present that we had purchased for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And just crying out to God, Lord, why Mm -hmm. I asked you for a good thing. I wasn't asking for, for security or finances or happiness. I just was asking for you to save my baby. And that's a good thing. Why was the answer? No. Um, and my grief continued to stretch on as grief does for several months. And every time I went to pray, I just was at a loss. You know, I knew that I needed to lean on God. I knew that he was the one who was going to get me through. I'd had been a Christian for a long time. I grew up with faith and loving Jesus and being loved by God. And, and I believed that he was 
here in my circumstances, but I couldn't reconcile the God that I thought I knew Mm -hmm. with the God that I was now experiencing who said, no daughter, I'm sorry. No, Um, I couldn't reconcile those two things. And I was angry Mm. and really, really angry. And so for six months, my prayer was, I'm not talking to you. I don't want to talk to you, Lord. I am mad. I don't understand why you said no. How can this be part of your plan? And those are the hard questions that when you're going through grief and when you're hurting, everybody asks those questions and there's not an easy answer. And so going through that season um, was challenging enough, but we heard from a friend who was experiencing a crisis of her own. Her two-year-old daughter had had an accident and was in critical care. And so I thought, well, surely if I break my silence with a prayer that's selfless, right, mm-hmm. God's going to come through because it's not for me, it's for someone else. I want their child to be saved. Um, and we prayed and we fasted and we had vigils. And I mean, we poured our whole hearts, which was such a gamble because my heart was still in pieces. So mm-hmm. to pour my heart out to God in prayer again, even if it was on behalf of somebody else, I was invested and I was trusting that God was going to come through this time. Mm-hmm. And that sweet little baby passed. And was not saved. And something in me just broke. And I I couldn't utter a word to God. I knew that he was there. I didn't stop believing that he was God and that he was sovereign. But I I wanted nothing to do with him. I didn't want to speak to him. I didn't want to hear from him. And I just kept him at a distance because I was hurt. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't piece together what was happening and still believe and feel and experience God's love. Mm. Um, So it was a long season in the wilderness. Um, It was probably a solid six months before I said anything. And then, like I said, when I did, it was, I'm out of you. I don't want to talk to you. But we started communicating (laughs) and just keeping those lines of communication open with God kept the door open a crack for healing to happen. Um, And that's really where the story starts to change and the miracle slowly starts to happen. It wasn't a flash in the pan miracle that was obvious. It was a slow, arduous work that was taking place in my heart um, as God revealed his true character to me, because the God I thought I knew was a very narrow picture of Mm -hmm. God. You know, you ask him for something good and he grants it because that's what the Bible says he's going to do. But God is so much bigger and so much more complex and so beyond our own wisdom that there was more to him I needed to know. And he was so loving and patient to slowly take me through all of the emotions, all Mm -hmm. of the feelings. There was not a feeling I could not bring to him. And I brought them all because all of my prayers were not God. I'm mad at you. Sometimes I yelled at him. Sometimes I was angry and I I doubted if he even could work. I I questioned his sovereignty, his omnipotence. I challenged him. I wrestled and boxed with him um, because I'm a fighter and I'm a stubborn person. And and so it was not just this quiet process. (laughs) You know, it was it was some real wrestling, like you said earlier. Um. And another friend had reached out to me at the time. She had just been to a funeral um, again for another, as I was talking to twins that had passed, Um, they were stillborn. Um, And the pastor there shared something that started kind of changing how I was seeing God because I felt like he was responsible. Mm -hmm. He was the one who could fix it. I called upon him and he didn't do it. So ultimately it's God's fault. Mm -hmm. But what she shared was really eye-opening 
Mm. And they made an analogy of a rose. And when you see a rose bush, it has full blooms and it has little rose buds that are just beginning. And God's design for that rose is to grow to its fullest potential and bloom and be mm. radiant and to, to glorify God and point to him as the ultimate creator and designer and author. Uh, that's his intention. But we live in a broken world. Yeah. Sin broke, not just our relationship with God in the garden, but also creation itself yep. has suffered because of sin. And it's not my own personal sin that caused this. This wasn't like a punishment from God. Like, well, if you hadn't sinned, your baby would be okay. No, it was that the world has been broken, mm -hmm. but God's intention was for that child to grow and flourish and reflect his image and, and point to him in the world and bring him glory and to be a joy in our lives. That was God's intention. So yes. there was a fullness of intention there that I, in my grief was blinded to. Mm. Um, and because that was God's intention, that then meant that he was grieving with me. Yeah. It wasn't just, I'm watching you suffer. It was, I'm holding you while you cry mm -hmm. in bed. Amen. I see you in your pain and I'm meeting you in the middle of your mess and you can punch the air and yell. And I'm just going to hold you while you cry. And we're going to get through this together. Yeah. It was a totally different picture of God than what I had been experiencing because my grief had just blinded me to yeah. his true loving character. Um, and so that was, that was miraculous. My heart started to soften. Um, just a little bit. I wasn't like, yay. Okay. God, we're all good. Um, but my heart started to soften. And I remember going to uh, a women's conference with my mom and my, oh, thank the Lord for my mom. She has been just amazing as a mom, but also such a dear and tender friend and encourager through all of this. Um, and so we were at this conference together and I remember we're singing and worshiping and worship is my love language. Like, I can try all I want to keep my walls up in worship, but once I start singing, they all come tumbling down and I end up ugly crying and it's a mess. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we were singing um, Mighty to Save. Mm -hmm. And it was singing, My God is Mighty to Save. Um, you know, He's the healer, He is the awesome and power. And and I was kind of mouthing along the mm -hmm. words, but I was faced with this kind of point where I had to decide. Wow. Do I really believe the words that I am singing? Do I believe that he is mighty to save, even if in my situation, he did not, yeah. even if in my friend's situation, he did not. Do I trust his sovereignty and trust that he is still God and he is still good? And the walls and the armor all just came tumbling down because where have I to go, Lord, but you, yeah. <laughs> you know, where else could I go? He is the one who had faithfully stayed with me through my mess, through my grief, through my anger, um, and had gently been healing my heart to the point where I could say, yes, God, mm -hmm. I don't have all the answers. I don't understand. And someday in heaven, I'm going to hold my baby. Yeah. In the meantime, you are still God and you are still good. Mm -hmm. And that was just, um, that was the turning point. That was really when my faith was restored um, and the joy of my salvation returned. Um, and I really began to start having real conversations with God so that the healing could begin. Um, the therapy could begin all of the things that I needed to put my heart back together so that I could be healthy and whole. All of those things were able to take place at a much faster pace mm. as I got out of my way. <laughs> so wow. it was incredible. And then years later, um, you know, I, I sort of, I was still a little gun shy about prayer. Somebody would come to me with something hard that they were praying for. And I would say, well, I'm going to pray for the best possible outcome mm -hmm. because I was still a little 
nervous to pray the big, bold prayers because I felt like, what if God answers differently? Is that going to wreck their faith the way that it kind of wrecked mine for a while? Um, And so I would pray these conservative prayers. um, But a friend of mine uh, that I worked with, uh, his wife had been in a horrible car accident and was in a coma. And so that was the first time, and this is probably 10 years later, um, I'd had two kids by then, you know, healthy kids, they're doing great. Um, And so it had been a long time since I'd really prayed that kind of deep investment prayer. Um, But I leaned in hard and there were so many people praying for Brooke and just lifting her up in prayer. And I mean, she was in a coma, not a medically induced one. Like she was, we thought we were going to lose her. And nine days later, she opens her eyes, starts talking, and she was walking by the next day. And to this, I mean, within two weeks, there was not a single side effect of the coma, no lasting brain damage. I mean, a true miraculous healing. Even the doctors were calling it a miracle. Right. And it was like, God, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> and it was what I always in my heart had known. But I think God had to work with me through that before I could really um, lean into that again with confidence. Um, And then even with our bonus baby, Mm. um, you know, we, that was a surprise. (laughs) We we found out the day that I found out I was pregnant, my husband found out that he had been laid off because of COVID from his job. And so, you know, I'm looking at these two little lines going, oh my gosh, this is crazy, but it's okay. We've got a great job. We just moved into a new house. So we've got room. Like it's totally going to work out. And my husband comes home and I'm like, Oh no, (laughs) I know that look, that's not a good look. And so he told me he'd been laid off and I said, well, I don't know whether to laugh or cry, but I'm pregnant. (laughs) And I don't think he spoke for like 30 minutes. He just had his hands like processing. And, and, uh, again, once the shock wore off, we we began to lean into God, trusting that he was going to provide. And he did like in every possible way. Um, but my first set of lab work, um, they said numbers are just a little bit off. Um, and when we went to do the ultrasound, they couldn't find a heartbeat. And I thought, Oh, not again. Mm. No, we've been down this road. I I can't survive this again. Mm. Um, and so they said, let's draw more labs. Yeah. We'll get the results on Monday. If the numbers stay the same or double, then we're good. It mm-hmm. just means baby was hiding. We didn't get a real clear image. If the numbers go down, that's not good. Yeah. And so I remember walking into my closet, mm-hmm. putting face down on the carpet and pouring my entire heart out into prayer to the Lord of hosts, Lord of every cell in my body and that baby's body, please. Yeah. I'm asking one last time. Yeah. Please, God, work your miracle. And we got the phone call 8 a.m. Monday morning. Hey, good news. The numbers have not just gone up. They've doubled. (laughs) The doctor said, you're super pregnant. (laughs) It was like the best phone call I could ever get. We went back in another couple of weeks and saw this strong heartbeat just pounding away. Um, And here we are with this just awesome baby boy a year later. And he's just amazing. And it's I'm just my faith in God has grown so much through yes, the unanswered prayers, but the answered ones also and seeing a fuller spectrum of how God works in prayer and how faithful he is to walk us through every season, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's been a journey. (laughs) Um, Summer, what would you say to the woman who's in the middle and maybe, maybe it's a miscarriage, maybe it's a, you know, a a death of a marriage or a a loss of a loved one or a child who's 
you know, kind of become the prodigal and left, what would you say to her, you know, with the fact that you had this posture in your prayer, even from the very beginning of the prayer, you said, whatever happens, I trust you. If they're, if they're saying to you, Summer, I have no idea how to get there. What would you say to her? Mm, I'd say, I get that. (laughs) I do. Um, You know, I think first of all, it starts with, with a little bit of humility of understanding God is bigger than I can even comprehend. And he can work in ways that I have not even imagined or dreamed of. Um, And while there was no way that I could plan ahead for this, Mm. he did. Mm-hmm. He planned ahead for every particular. He planned ahead to care for you in this very moment. Um, he knew what you were going to be experiencing and it was not his intention. Yeah. But he can redeem pain for purpose. Mm-hmm. And he will bring beauty from ashes and he will redeem this pain for purpose. And so trusting in God can look like a lot of things. Sometimes yep. trusting in God is getting up and taking a shower. Yeah. And just knowing that, okay, I got through this moment. God's going to get me through the next moment and I'm going to eat some breakfast and then I'm going to put on deodorant. I had a friend that her three things were shower deodorant food. It was a win. win. That was what trusting in God looked like was I'm going to do these three things and God, the rest is up to you. I can't function. I can't handle anything else. So the rest is on you. Um, Sometimes it's talking with a friend. Sometimes it's just acknowledging that God, it's hard to trust. I don't know how to trust you right now. Show me how to trust you. And just keeping that dialogue open so yeah. that you can learn to trust and, and look back at past faithfulness. A lot of times, you know, we see it all over the Bible where people are, you know, the Israelites are wandering and they recall times that God has been faithful in the past yeah. to give them hope in the present and to help them trust in the present. And I know that was true of my experience of, okay, I haven't been in this situation before. But God didn't drop me then. Yep. So I have reason to believe that he's not going to drop me now. Even though I can't see how he's working, I can't discern heads or tails of my situation. He's always been faithful. I have to believe that he'll be faithful now. Hmm. What was it like processing through miscarriage with you and your husband? You guys are newly married. Mm-hmm. This is a brand new, you know, hurdle that you guys have to cover, but also it's lost for both of you. So what was that like? Was there anything that you could speak to a married couple if they're walking through that, that would be an encouragement to them? I think it's true of married couples, but it's also true of just individuals. Everybody grieves differently and there is no timeline for it. Um, There's no right or wrong timeline for grief. Um, For my husband, I think, you know, he really has a strong um, instinct to protect and to care for me. And so his concern while he was sad about the baby that sort of got back burnered to taking care of me because I was just falling apart. I was, I was physically needing healing. I was emotionally and mentally needing healing. I was spiritually needing healing. Um, and so his focus really narrowed to just taking care of me. And since we didn't have any other kids at that point, he was able to really just dedicate himself to that. Um, but to me, that looked like he wasn't grieving. It looked like he wasn't sad. I was fine. I needed him to join me in my grief. And so it took a little bit of time to, to learn how we grieve. Um, and I, because I'd never experienced real grief before, I didn't realize that I get really grumpy. <laughs> Everything else seems trivial to me. And so if somebody has a need or a concern, I'm like, yeah, I'm dealing with something here. And I, I turn inward and I get cranky. And so we were cranky with each other sometimes. And, and it definitely grace is the word. I I think just giving so much grace to one another. Um, There was a book that someone gave us called tear soup. 
Um, and it's a great book. Um, I, I don't know if it's written for kids or adults or what, but it's wonderful. And it talks about a husband and a wife who are dealing with grief and mm -hmm. the different ways that they grieve. Um, and it has sort of a, they call it tear soup because there's a, an ingredient list for grief and yeah. for healing and stuff. And so um, it's a very simple book. It's one of those ones that just has that feeling of like a warm blanket wrapped around you. Mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely recommend that book for anybody who's going through grief. Um, you can find it on Amazon, I'm sure. Um, we always keep an extra copy handy so we can give it to people. I love that. It. But, but it really speaks to the idea that different people grieve differently and both are very valid yeah. and to give each other grace and room for that and, and talk, keep talking. This is what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, this is what I'm seeing in you. Can you help me understand what you're thinking, what you're feeling? And, and that was helpful because what I discovered is he very much was grieving, um, but he was trying to take care of me. So yeah, yeah it looks real different. But. Wow. I think sometimes we as Christians, but then even more particularly, maybe Christian women, we feel like sometimes we have to show up with perfection with the Lord. Mm. We never call this to perfection at all. No, thank uh, <laughs> but I love that you embrace the wrestle in your season and um, with him that you were like, Hey, I'm not going to talk to you or I'm mad at you. Or, you know, you almost kind of set boundaries with him. Like this will happen, but at some point it will right. be on my timing but he could handle it. I want everyone mm -hmm. that's watching and listening to understand that he can handle our yes. wrestle. What did God teach you about his character through that wrestle? Mm. My arms are too short to box with God. Mm. He will always be bigger and stronger. And that's good. I need him to be bigger and stronger than me and my mess. Um, and his timeline is always perfect. Mm. Um, it looks woefully late sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. but his timeline is perfect. Had things not transpired the way they were, I would not have my oldest son, yeah. Samuel. And yeah. the reason we named him Samuel is from the book, from the story of Hannah. Yeah. As I asked the Lord for him, you know, yeah. we prayed and prayed for a child and he gave us Samuel and what a joy he is. I can't imagine life without him. Yeah. Um, so God's perspective is so much bigger than mine. He can hold the whole horizon in one view while I'm just focused on this moment right in front of me. Um, and so I think, I think those were two of the biggest lessons in the wrestle was that, yeah, my arms are too short to box with God, but he also has big, broad shoulders that can take it. You know, mm -hmm. you look at the Psalms with David and he's all over the place. I mean, thank God for King David and his turmoil because he laid the groundwork. I mean, the Lord says he's a man after my own heart. And if he mm -hmm. can challenge God and wrestle God and pour his whole heart out to God, and then the next minute be on the top of the mountain, praise the Lord. Where were you, Lord? I mean, he's all over the place. I was like, okay, if he has room to do that, then surely I do too as God's mm -hmm. daughter. And so I think that was something I learned too, is that I can bring it all to him. The yeah. good, the bad, and the ugly. He is big enough to handle it. Mm -hmm. When you're mentioning that you love worship and you were mentioning how you kind of got to the place with that mighty to save song that you needed to worship no matter what the outcome was, no matter what the circumstances were, no matter how the story played out. Um, I'm thinking about the woman right now who's like, okay, Summer, I'm, I'm so sorry that you lost you, a child, but you also got children and maybe yes. I can't have children or maybe this relationship didn't work out. Um, how do you praise him? And how do you have this open-handed posture of you have a great plan? Like you still have a great plan. How do you get to that place? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, I had to acknowledge that it's years in the making, Yeah. right? The, the seeing God's provision in my loss and seeing him, um, 
fill in the areas of my heart that were longing. Mm. Uh, that took decades. Yeah. Um, so my best friend, Melissa, we run revive together. Um, you know, I have all boys, she has all girls yeah. and our, um, our firstborn children are only six months apart. Mm. Um, and so initially, you know, especially people will say, do you want a daughter? And I, I love being a boy mom. I really truly believe with all of my heart, God built me to be a boy mom. <laughs> so like, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and part of me had to let go of never having a daughter when Daniel was born, because we were waiting to see if we we're going to have a boy or a girl. And I had, I had finally kind of thought, well, that would be really kind of fun to have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we found out we were having a boy, I was thrilled. I love being a boy mom, but I, and I wasn't grieving the fact that he was a boy, but I had to grieve the fact that I would never have a daughter. Right. Um, and so that was definitely something that was like, yes, but mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I, I do understand that feeling of, what if it never takes shape the way that I've been praying or the way that I've been hoping or the way that I expected. And, um, what I've seen in his provision over the years is that Melissa's daughters, first of all, I'm their godmother, which is such a blessing. Um, but I have girls nights with them and they come over and we watch the parent trap on my bed and we paint our nails and, you know, all of these things that I had sort of envisioned for myself getting to do with daughters, God has provided in my goddaughters. And so I, you know, obviously it's not the same as being their biological mom, but it has filled that place in my heart. Um, I realized that I have so much love to give for these kids in my life and not all of them are my biological children, um, but I am blessed to be able to give them that love and to be a part of their life and to mentor them and to guide them and, and listen when they need someone's shoulder to cry on. That's not mom or dad, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it sounds like such a consolation prize. Um, and so I, I, I think it's hard until you've experienced God really filling in some of those empty spaces in our hearts, but it takes time. Um, but it truly is sufficient. It truly is a blessing. It truly does fill your heart up to overflowing. Um, it just takes some patience. And again, that wrestling with the Lord, that things may not look like what you had hoped for, for a little while. And that's okay. Keep leaning on God. Um, but then look for the ways that he is working. Look for the ways that he is providing. Look for the ways that he's healing your heart and, and even leading you to things you didn't even know you needed. Yeah. Um, and filling you to overflowing with those things because they are there. They are coming, even if they're not right now. Mm. I think it's interesting how oftentimes the more we get to know the character of Christ, we also get to know more of who he made us to be, right? That concept of identity. And since that is your purpose and your passion to be able to speak that into women and young women um, of who they are in Christ, if you could sit down with your 15-year-old self, what would you say to her today? Um, Don't worry about having a boyfriend. (laughs) Boys are drama. (laughs) Um, I would say to her, That's a good question because I always, I knew that God loved me, but I hadn't experienced Mm -hmm. God's love in the ways that I have now as an adult. Um, And I think I really, I was trying so hard to place my identity and receive my worth from relationships, from friendships, from boyfriends um, and people around me. And I think I would say to myself at 15, Mm -hmm. um, look to Jesus and how he interacts with women in the Bible. Wow. Look at how he loves because he is the mirror reflection of God. That is God on earth loving people. So look 
to his example for love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, again, blessed with a, a wonderful set of parents. My father was a fantastic, is a fantastic father um, and very loving and affectionate, you know, look to his example, look to God at work in your father, look at to God, the heavenly father um, for how he loves and look for a love like that. Mm-hmm. Um, put your identity and who you are in that. Let that be what defines you, not whose arm you're hanging on down the hallway at, at school, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Well, Summer, I know that people are going to want to connect with you on social media, websites, all the yeah. way. So how can they do that? So on Instagram, you can find me at summer underscore shore, uh, which is such an awkward thing to say, but that's, that's what it is. It looks fine. <laughs> um, you can also find me at Experience Revival um, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then, of course, at Hope1079, you can catch me on Count Your Blessings Monday through Friday from 7 to 9. And you can stream that online, too, at Hope1079.com if you are out of town or on the road. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again just for taking time to let us journey with you today, um, you know, walking us through your transparency and your vulnerability and what God took us through and reminding us it's okay to wrestle with Jesus. So we thank you. What an incredible episode with Summer today, talking about reconciling with God after loss. Did you know it's okay to wrestle with God? Did you know he can handle our big questions? Did you know he understands what we're going through, what we're feeling, and he wants to grieve with us right next to us, just like Summer mentioned that he did with her? I want to remind you that God is still good no matter what happens in this life, that God loves us fully and he has this amazing purpose and plan for you. And just as we talked about today with Summer, it's when we know who we are in Christ and we know who calls us by name, man, we are able to just operate in the confidence of who he says that we are, that we can step into the story that he has for us, which I encourage you to do today in one small way. Think about what you can be doing to step into that story that he has for you because he has purpose, girl, and calling, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do with your story next. Well, if you love this episode, please give us a review by giving us a review. It allows us to keep bringing you more episodes to you. But until next time, you keep living those brave stories for Jesus. I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the Bringing Her Hope podcast, Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption.